good one today we are so excited thank you for joining us for the pretty much the first episode of the wesley pod we have a few guests with us today we're going to do just some short intros here's here's what we're going to say i'm a uh, i'm a youth pastor so we have to do just a stupid icebreaker and uh bennett brought some for us and uh the one we decided on was if you were an ice cream flavor what would it be but also, we're going to get a little bit spiritual here to get things going. I also want to know, where have you seen or experienced God over the last couple of weeks? So, ice cream flavor, where have you experienced God? And uh, just give us your name and your major, um, and we'll go from there. Jordana, you want to kick us off? I would love to. All right, I'm Jordana. I'm a second year at UC studying psychology and integrative health and wellness. Um, if I was an ice cream flavor, I would be mint chocolate chip because I feel like whenever I don't know what ice cream flavor to get, I get mint chocolate chip, and I'm very indecisive. That's the reason why it took me 20 minutes to come up with an ice cream flavor. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I have definitely seen God's presence in the blue skies that we've had this past week. It's been so sunny and nice out, so that's been amazing. That's a great answer. All right. Thank you. Uh, Ian. Hi, my name is Ian. I'm a information systems major. Uh, if I were an ice cream flavor, I think I would be cookies and cream because it's versatile. You can eat it plain. <laughs> you can put it in a milkshake. That's you can a good have point. it as a blizzard. Cookies and cream shake is it's amazing. It's wonderful. Top tier. And uh, I have seen God's presence through the love and grace of people that uh, respond on programming message boards, like help, <laughs> help message boards. As someone who is very new to programming, nice. Uh, it can be very difficult when you get one little error and yeah. don't know what it is. That's awesome. And being able to look it up and just see people that just asked or asked and then got responses out of the kindness of other people's hearts is very nice. I love that. That's, like, that's an inside baseball type of reference. <laughs> that's a deep cut. That's great. All right, and then uh, new to you all, but not new to us, Bennett. Hey, all. Yeah, my name is uh, Bennett. I am currently a second year here at UC studying operations management. been involved in Wesley for a bit over a year now, but i um, super excited to be here. Um, my ice cream flavor that I would choose to be is peppermint ice cream. I feel like it always reminds me of the holiday season and Christmas time, and I think it's just really nice for reminder of even even <laughs> if it's in the summer and it's seventy and sunny, you can still have peppermint ice cream and be reminded of what it's like to be at Christmas time. But um, the place that I've seen God at work this past week, uh, I was able to go to a Pacers game back home. I'm originally from Indianapolis. Thanks so for the invite, Benny. I was <laughs> able to go to a Pacers game. It was a sellout crowd. So much fun. Go with my dad, but. Um, it was just amazing seeing so many people come together for a basketball game and be able to hang out among so many fans. So that's where I saw God this past There's week. something like spiritual about like a big game when you're oh, with yeah. a bunch of people and you're all like fighting for the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Good answer. All right. And then for myself, um, I would say Neapolitan ice cream. 
Also, yeah, again, I'm old. I'm not a student here. I'm a, the associate director at Wesley Help with Programming, so I do not have a major currently. Um, but my ice cream is Neapolitan. Um, and I would say it is because I'm, I'm a nine on the Enneagram. And we may have an episode about the Enneagram at some point. But I'm a nine, which means I'm a, I'm a peacemaker. Uh, so I want everyone to just like work together really well, to blend well. Uh, you know, you got those three flavors like in the same container and they have to be friends. And uh, it's lovely. It's also my wife's favorite flavor of ice cream. So I'll shout her out too. Um, also, I have seen God's presence. Um, I was going to say the weather too. <laughs> Jordana stole mine because it was so dark and gloomy for like mm-hmm. a month. Um, and to see and feel sunshine is a blessing. Um, so I will I'll steal it. That's I went to the park yesterday sharing. and got some work done from the car, just watching people play disc golf uh, out at Mount Airy, and it was just fun to... I actually played disc golf at Mount Airy yesterday. <laughs> no, yeah. I probably saw you. Were you in Austin there? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So uh, we are going to shift now into our What's Up at Wesley section. This will be every week. We'll just give a little update. I was trying to think if we need to do little jingles for each kind of segment. Uh, I don't know if we need to try something like on the fly a little. Like a ba 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 What's up in Wesley? <laughs> What's up in Wesley? Oh. Ooh. How you like that? Oh. Huh? Ooh. I like it. Huh? Okay, maybe I'll put a little instrument or something in, in post. We'll work on it. Some work saxophone. on it in post. Yeah, some saxophone. Oh, some get sax. my dad on the on the pod with the saxophone. So, Jordana, you want to share some uh, some news, just some Wesley updates? Absolutely. So, first of all, the Tuesday thing. This is our weekly get-together we do every Tuesday night. We do free dinner and conversation. So, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's tonight. Be there at 6. Um, But right now we're going through a book called um, The Awakened Life, and it's really all about practicing mindfulness and being more present to the moment and each other. Um, And it really relates well to our topic today, so join us if you enjoy this conversation. Also, tubing. We went tubing Friday night. Let's go. I don't know about you guys, but it was, I had the time of my life. It was a blast. It was amazing. Yeah, and no one got seriously hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, which is great. Always a win. Yeah, if, check out pictures yeah, on, the on the Instagram for that. Instagram, we've got some photos up, so make sure to check that out. Um, and also, Wesley House Coffee. So at Wesley, we are all about the caffeine, and that's why we partnered with La Terza Coffee to come up with our own blend called the Radical Love Blend. And you can help support our ministry by purchasing this incredible coffee at wesleyuc.org support. Also, a special announcement, especially for students uh, who are a part of Wesley, which y'all are, and y'all don't know this. Well, did I did I mention something me. about um, this to you, yeah. Ian? I'm okay, excited. I'm excited. So, okay, well, so we are um, planning a week long trip. No way. To D.C. No way. Yeah, yeah. So this will be after finals, the last week of April into May. Um, so it'll be the 29th of April through the 3rd of May-ish. Um, we have a contact already that we're planning some programming. We're still working out some details with logistics and um, lodging. So the costs and stuff um, is still a little bit up in the air. But um, mark your calendars if you are interested. It'll be kind of a justice-oriented um, focus on like how we can practically get involved um, in politics and in uh, important issues. 
So if you're interested in that, obviously there'll be some just touristy things too, where we're awesome. just kind of exploring and checking out DC and enjoying it. Together. Great city. That is so cool. Yes, 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 yes. So um, mark that down in the calendars, um, and we will keep you updated as we get to uh, some more information and figure out some logistics on that. All right. Next segment, we are calling according to ChatGPT because we could not figure out a good name. So this is a ChatGPT oriented uh, name for this segment where we're bringing you some funny news stories and we're calling it the Giggle Gazette. I can just tell. And if you don't, (laughs) yeah. And if you don't like the name, you can email Pastor Becky. That's right. As (laughs) always, you can email complaints to Pastor (laughs) Becky. All right, uh, so we are each going to bring just uh, a funny, lighthearted news story to the pod each week. Obviously, it's good to be informed. Um, these stories won't necessarily uh, keep you up to date on you know important issues of our day, but they will hopefully just kind of brighten your, your day as you listen. So um, anyone want to kick us off or volunteer? Will, yeah, right. I'll take the lead on this one. So one of my one of the <laughs> stories one of the stories that I uh, found um, it's in the local Cincinnati area, northern Kentucky. Um, there's this gas station chain that has these bathrooms where it's just a normal bathroom, but there's a button on the uh, kind of one of the walls that says "Do not push this button." Okay, but obviously people are going to push it. So when you push the button, it turns the whole bathroom into a disco ball with music <laughs> playing. It's, it's just a great time. I've never been there in person, but after seeing this article, I definitely want to check that out. Yeah, um, awesome. It's called the Hop Shops is what it's called, just a gas station um, with a crazy bathroom. So, yeah, a little Wesley um, Road trip for yeah, a dance party in the bathroom. I yeah, like I'd be too scared to press the button. You wouldn't press it? I would think it would be like an alarm or something. Oh my gosh. That is, I think, oh my gosh, that is so you, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) What was your ice cream flavor again? Mint chip. Oh yeah, that's so mint chip of you (laughs) to not press the button. I would definitely press it. And I, you know, I've never thought I needed a dance party in the bathroom, but I I guess we got to try it. It'll pick me up while you're in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds awesome. All right. Thank you for that amazing news story, Bennett. Let's go, Ian. All right. So to start off, I have, a, I have a question for everyone. Oh, gosh. Have you ever been ice fishing? Mm, no. I have not. No. no. Okay, so you know how big, like, a hole for ice fishing would usually be? Big enough for a fish. Like to, a foot or two? Like a, yeah, usually. Human, human okay. Size. Like a bat. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So uh, in Quebec, about 350 miles north of Montreal, a, a very large Atlantic halibut was caught. It was the first fish of the season for this particular uh, scientific study that allows anyone to just come on in and catch these fish. Okay. okay. This fish was 109 pounds. No, it's not. And about six foot long, or a little over five feet. That's long. unbelievable. Yeah. What's 109 pounds? Like, what are we comparing that to? A human. Yeah. yeah so I mean, what like child a, is 109 a pounds? Human. Like a like it's middle high, schooler? Yeah, middle yeah. schooler. Okay. That feels right. So, yeah, so these two uh, gentlemen caught a 109-pound fish. <laughs> Unreal. Jeez. And just to show you a picture of it. Oh, this will be great for our podcast goodness. listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I will post it somehow. But to uh, give a description, there are two Holy men that are about six feet tall, 
uh, and it takes both of them, and they look like they're straining pretty hard to hold this fish up. So you're telling me the ice hole was big enough to bring that thing out of and it? And so it took about eight hours to catch this fish. Oh Jeez. No, and so they had to call other, like their friends, to come over and be I like, "Hey, get that. could you try again?" Dang it, Siri. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Come on. We're back. We're back. <laughs> It took him how long? So it took about eight hours to catch this fish. Okay. So pretty much full work day. Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, they had to call their buddies to come over and cut a bigger hole in the fish, or in the ice, to catch the fish. Yeah, maybe in the fish afterwards. Yeah. Well, after, so once uh, they caught the fish, they measured it for the study. Yeah. But then the best part of the story was they gave all of the meat to uh, people in need around the area. Oh, that's that cool. actually so that was is nice. really that cool. Was a nice yeah. touch. What a nice twist. Yeah. I love it. I uh, My favorite thing about fishing, just snacks. Yep. Just sitting on a boat and eating snacks. Because <laughs> yep. uh, I'm not good at it and I get bored. Um, so there we are. All right, Jordana, why don't you share yours for us? Sure. So Jeff and I actually discovered that we found the same news Yeah, story. which we did some research. So we came in with the same one and just decided we're just going to roll with it yeah, and we'll, totally we'll talk fine. about it together. Which means it's twice, twice as good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So this article is all about naming Minnesota snowplows. So it was something that was started by transportation services to just kind of like make light of the harsh winter conditions. So they opened up elections for the um, citizens to name. This is democracy at its finest. I know. I love it. They got a ton of votes, too. So I'll just give you a couple of the finals names for the Minnesota Plows. They include Taylor Drift and Beyonce. And each <laughs> cast names include Plowy McPlowface, oh. Darth Blader, and Blizzard of Oz. <laughs> and this has become such a great tradition that it's spread to other states as well. So New Mexico has a plow named Sleetwood Mac and Mr. Snowball. Solid. Solid. And my favorite is Nebraska. Their top winner was Cleopathra. Clear. Clear. Clear of Pathra. I love it. Hmm. So, that's like, I, I like Plowy McPlowface. That was the top. Yeah, that was one of the top ones. Yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. part is that each plow gets to keep its name and it's like printed on the side of the truck. That's amazing. Why does our, our tax money at work? I would say, what, <laughs> what government agency do we got to talk to to get this in Ohio? That's yeah. my question. Yeah, well, yeah, ODT, the Department of Transportation, probably. We got to talk to them. Make it, you know, they're all about those like funny signs on the highway. Oh, yeah. You think they'd be all into it. That's amazing. Yeah, again, I think Plowy McPlowface, there's just something about that that just cracks me up. <laughs> it's got a good ring to it. It's got a good ring to it. Rolls off the tongue. It does. It does. All right. Uh, those are amazing. So if you have your own funny news stories that you want to share, please do. Uh, send it to us on the Insta uh, or Facebook or however you want to connect with us. We're very um, – you can connect with us in any way. We're an open book. All right, we're going to jump into our section called – the main thing. And the main thing is all about just a topic that we'll discuss each week. Uh, I'll give a little spiel on it. We might have a guest come in and also talk about something that they are passionate about. Um, so it will not always be be me. Today, uh, we are talking about authentic community, what it means to be in community together. Like we talked about uh, in our intro podcast, uh, these first few episodes, we're going to be diving into our three pillars at Wesley. So authentic community will be this week, then we'll talk about faithful exploration, then we'll talk about radical love uh, in a few weeks when we get to that episode. So to kick things off, let's look at community, and I'll try to keep it relatively short, but honestly, it is a topic 
uh, that we could talk about for hours from all sorts of perspectives. Uh, I thought we would look at a few of those perspectives today. We're a, a Christian campus ministry uh, based out of the United Methodist tradition. So we'll first look from kind of a biblical or theological perspective, uh, and then we'll look at the sociological or the more practical lived out aspects of community, which will lead into our views from the pew section uh, when we will hear from our community. What's important to note, though, uh, is our understanding of Scripture shapes our experience, and our experience shapes our understanding of Scripture. That also goes with our understanding of God, with our theology. Uh, Each of our individual concepts of God shapes how we live and interact with each other. Uh, While our lived experience and our interactions with each other shapes our understanding of God. It's, it's beautiful, but it's a little bit messy. And it requires that we give each other grace and that we give each other the benefit of the doubt. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, is credited with creating what's called the Wesleyan Quadrilateral. And uh, some of the students of Wesley have heard me talk about this before. Uh, and the West Quad, that's uh, what the cool people call it, the West <laughs> Quad, uh, is this tool that helps us understand uh, why we believe the things that we believe about God our theology. But it also helps us understand a bit why we struggle sometimes with what we believe and think about God and how we relate to God. So picture the quadrilateral in one corner, you have scripture. So as Christians, as United Methodists, we look at scripture. Um, we, we bring our full selves into it. We ask questions about it. We wrestle with it, uh, but we engage with it. So we look at scripture. Uh, in another corner, we look at reason. So just things that we've learned, um, science, literature, all these things that we learn in school, in college, it plays a part in what we understand about God. And then another, we have tradition. So again, we're based out of the the ministries based out of of the United Methodist tradition, and it has its own quirks, um, believes different things uh, compared to other denominations. There's different traditions that we do in worship compared to other denominations. There's all these things, and and that tradition plays a part into how we engage with God, what we think about God, how we interact with each other and with God. And then another, we have our experience. And that is our own experience, but also looking at uh, and engaging with the experience of other people. And so each of these aspects play a part in what we understand about God and how we relate to God. And from my experience in different seasons of life, the role and the weight that each of them play shifts. Um, So just depending on what is going on at a certain moment in your life, you could uh, focus a lot on Scripture. You could be steeped in Scripture, in prayer, and whatever it might be related to Scripture. In another season... Uh, you could lean into your experience and your experience with other people uh, and how that informs what we think about God and so on. You get the point. Um, And so today, though, I want to get started by looking at Scripture. And the obvious place to look is the book of Acts, where we get the birth of the church empowered by the Spirit of God. And what is the church? It's people right? It's intentional community, community focused on worship and living out the ways of Jesus together. And there's this dramatic scene that plays out in Acts 
where the Spirit of God descends on the apostles and these flames appear above their heads. Then they start speaking in these other languages. And there's all these uh, Jewish people who are gathered in this space together. Uh, and suddenly, and they're, they're from all these different nations. And suddenly they can understand in their own individual language what is being said based on the, the, uh, the power of, of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. There's this theologian named Willie James Jennings, who's a current Yale professor. He was previously at Duke. Shout out Pastor Becky, who went to Duke. Um, and he describes it like this. He says, the miracle of Pentecost is less in the hearing and much more in the speaking. Disciples speak in the mother tongues of others, not by their own design, but by the Spirit's desire. He continues a bit later in his commentary, and he says, The Spirit creates joining. The followers of Jesus are now being connected in a way that joins them to people in the most intimate space of voice, memory, sound, body, land, and place. It is language that runs through all these matters. It is the sinew of existence of a people. My people are language. To speak a language is to speak a people. Speaking announces familiarity, connection, and relationality. So these languages that were being spoken, uh, they weren't they weren't being spoken like I would try to speak Spanish based on like a few years of Spanish class in high school. Like it was this intimate connection where like they knew how you communicated. They knew your quirks. Uh, Jordana said earlier that I have a bit of a twang. Uh, it's like if someone came in and like had that same twang and we just felt this like spiritual connection because of the way we're, we're communicating. It's a little bit embarrassing to admit this, but here we are on a podcast. Uh, but there's this TikTok account that I, that I follow where there's this like normal looking white dude uh, who happens to speak fluent Chinese. And he goes into these restaurants, these Chinese restaurants, and he completely just like blows their minds uh, by speaking to them in their native language, their native tongue. And uh, it's this like, there's this moment that happens where they like look shocked first, but then it's like this smile, like there's like this just brightening uh, based on this connection that, that was unexpected that they made with this customer who they thought was, they were probably going to struggle to communicate with. Um, and he usually gets some free food out of it, which is always pretty cool to witness <laughs> as well. And so at, at Pentecost, there's this divine connection being made across the like epitome of barriers, which is language, right? And Jennings talks about how uh, this wasn't necessarily what the disciples were asking for. Throughout the book of Acts, the one thing you know about the coming of the Spirit, he says, is somebody has been asked to do what they don't want to do. And what is it that the Spirit wants you to do? Jennings says it wants you to be with those who you prefer not to be with. And so the disciples wanted power. Um, earlier in, in the first chapter of Acts, they very clearly and explicitly say that um, they're, they're wanting like kingdom power in the sense that uh, they basically want the destruction of the Romans. 
who had their foot on the neck of of the Israelites. And this is when the script flips. And we talk about that a lot when it comes to like the radical nature of Jesus's ministry. Jennings says that the Holy Spirit gives them power, but not power over people, power for people. Not power over people, but power for people. And so there's a selflessness that occurs in this moment. And there's like an obliteration of their comfort zones in the most dramatic way. And this continues when this new spirit-filled community starts actually doing life together. It says in later in Acts 2, it says, All came upon everybody because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So our heart as a ministry is to be a place where we commune with people that are different. And we commune with a posture of selflessness. Because look around you at this campus. There are so many people that are unique and each created in the image of God. When we have that diversity represented at Wesley and in church, for that matter, uh, we get a fuller, more beautiful portrait of who God is. And so how do we bring down barriers to live out that type of community inspired by the Spirit of God? And so I have uh, just a quick question for us around this table. Um, I think the first thing we have to do to bring down some of those barriers is to uh, name them. So can you guys think of, just off the top of your head, uh, barriers that prevent us from this type of connection and community? Any thoughts? Yeah, I think it can just be very tough to just step out of your comfort zone, especially when it comes to joining a new community or trying to form a new one. Mm. Uh, you have to kind of put yourself out there, advertise that you want to join this community or you want to be a part of something uh, yeah. that's bigger than yourself. And I think that takes a lot of courage to do. And yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely. great. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that even relates to kind of like what the Wesley House is about. I mean... Um, being able to just kind of go into a place every Tuesday and have a free dinner, just like eases the tension of mm-hmm. joining those new organizations. Yeah. I feel like being able to converse with others over food is just a great way to get to know each other as well and kind of build that community. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jordana, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I feel like another barrier that people face is just like kind of the fast-paced lifestyle that we're used to. And I think that goes along with technology as well. Like always being like, engrossed in something on your phone or like especially Mm. living in a city everything is so fast-paced here so just being willing to like slow down take time connect with others and kind of get out of your own work is really important too Mm -hmm. yeah that's awesome and something yeah i feel like it's really important to just like kind of take like a 30 second break and just breathe you know and take in the surrounding like you're walking on a really nice day like today just being able to go outside and kind of take in the fresh air and kind of being able to even if you're in community, taking that time for yourself as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Thank you guys for sharing that. I was also thinking, um, too, of like just some of the hot button, um, you know, separations that we think of race, gender identity, sexual orientation, economic status, 
uh, those are all things that, that come to mind. But in a faith-based community like ours, I also think um, in a weird way, like beliefs can also be a bit of a barrier. Um, and sometimes we, we can keep people at arm's length who think differently from us and believe differently because we're trying to like protect our safe, comfortable, homogeneous environment. That's like, we're all in it. We're all, we all believe the same thing. You feel comfortable and you feel, you feel safe in that, in that space. And I think that is a reason why we focus at Wesley so heavily on questions and conversation uh, rather than just like telling people what they have to believe Mm -hmm. or what we all believe. Um, and so we also work to break down some of the barriers by, like Bennett mentioned, uh, food. So focusing on things that we all have in common, and food is one of those things. Um, and so we all got to eat, and that's why we're super intentional about having dinner and, and food at our gatherings. It brings people together. Um, the other common denominator that leads us into a more kind of sociological conversation um, is about the loneliness epidemic. So uh, Vivek Murthy. He uh, served as the 19th Surgeon General of the United States, um, and he wrote this book uh, called Together that is all about loneliness and the need for community. He says, during my years as Surgeon General, I saw firsthand how people all across the country yearned for connection, but they felt increasingly alone. This loneliness, I believe, is the underpinning of so many health challenges we face today. So he emphasizes the impact of loneliness on both mental and physical health, highlighting the need for social connection as a crucial aspect of overall well-being. And he wrote this uh, great New York Times article that uh, we can also maybe link somehow. Oh, wait, I haven't figured that out yet. We're new to this whole podcasting <laughs> thing. But we'll try to uh, to link the article in the in the podcast description. And I'll also try to link some of Dr. Jennings' work, who I, who I quoted a lot. But the loneliness is rampant. Um, and it's obviously made worse in so many ways by social media. Obviously, there's some good stuff about the ways we can stay connected. Uh, but in so many ways, it's made worse by social media. And uh, I'm throwing this out there live. I didn't, I didn't ask you guys this prior to us having this conversation. But I'm curious, uh, on, a, on a campus like this where there's so many people everywhere, you would think that would be helpful when it comes to loneliness. Like you would think, of course, like you have built-in community because you're here, packed in to this Clifton mile radius or whatever it is. Um, and and you, there's so many people here, but... My sense would be that that could make it actually worse. And I'm curious kind of what your thoughts are on that. Any thoughts on just your experience here being around a lot of people and how that impacts how you feel about community or loneliness? Yeah, for me, I definitely like that resonates with me because I come from a really small town. Like I had 30 people in my graduating class in high school. And where I was then, it was kind of like who you're around you're kind of just automatically friends with them and like some of my best friends I met in high school and and I love them so much but at the same time like um, being in a really big school it can be a lot harder and I just think you have to be a lot more intentional about finding people and something that helped me with that is just realizing that everyone's in the same boat like everybody wants connection and wants community Um, and so just being open-minded to talking to new people has been really helpful yeah that's great okay sorry and one of the ways that I feel like I found community is like 
those like kind of forced ways that people have to interact like even going back to high school like you're just in the same classes and you're doing the same stuff so you might as well be friends that's how a lot like growing up definitely like finding your own community like uh, jordana said and then i think that's kind of transitioned here as well like if we're all in the same classes in person might as well just get to know each other and be friends during it yeah yeah and i definitely think being at such a large campus you see people walking down the sidewalk talking to each other all the time and so it seems like everybody has somebody to talk to but sometimes that might not be the case and uh, it can put a lot of pressure to find community and that's where like going to events or talking to people in class can just be very helpful yeah but again that takes that kind of action step that can yeah. be a little bit intimidating um yeah, and, and this conversation could, again, it could go on for hours because obviously this isn't just something that like college students deal with, uh, but this is a, a student-led podcast, so we'll focus on that. Uh, but, you know, when you graduate for adults who are listening, like obviously loneliness is a thing for everybody um, in different times and different seasons. Um, and so just know you're not alone for those that are, are listening, that everyone struggles with it. And um especially if your student invites you to to be a part of Wesley because that's one of our focuses is just making sure people feel welcome and feel connected um, in community. Uh, The last thing I want to share is a poem that we have been reading each week at Wesley over the last couple months. Um, It was introduced to me uh, by a buddy of mine. His name is uh, Chris LaRue. Uh, I I misspelled his name Christ. Christ LaRue. Chris. His name is Chris (laughs) LaRue. Who is the director at uh, The Hive here in Cincinnati, which is this really cool, it's a center for contemplation, art, and action. It's a really cool kind of space. Uh, But it's written by Mickey Scott Bay Jones, um, is the the person that that penned this poem. And it's called An Invitation to a Brave Space. It says this, Together we will create a brave space because there is no such thing as a safe space. We exist in the real world. We all carry scars and we have all caused wounds. In this space, we seek to turn down the volume of the outside world. We amplify voices that fight to be heard elsewhere. We call each other to more truth and love. We have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. We have the responsibility to examine what we think we know. We will not be perfect. This space will not be perfect. It will not always be what we wish it to be. But it will be our brave space together, and we will work on it side by side. And so I love different lines of this poem because I think it really, again, represents um, what we're about. The line that says, uh, we all, we have the right to start somewhere and continue to grow. So again, just this idea that in some spaces, like the expectation is that you come in and you're all on the same page. Um, you all believe the same way, you all are passionate about the same stuff, whatever it might be. But we want to create, I think, a a space at Wesley where uh, you have the right to come in as you are, fully yourself, fully human, uh, fully unique, fully created in the image of God. And we will invite you in and welcome you with open arms. Um, And so then we'll work together uh, to grow in the direction of Christ, ultimately. Um, And so I want to just kind of close with that poem. Uh, Again, it's called The Brave Space by Mickey Scott Bay Jones, if you want to check it out. If I'm successful, maybe I'll link it in the podcast description. Uh, And then I want to 
let this lead us into our views from the pews to actually hear from students about this issue uh, and how they handle it. Um, so let's start with um, our students who are in the room with us. The first question I want to ask you is just what is community to you? What is community to you? How have you, um, you can go in any direction with that. Uh, you know what, I'll just leave it open-ended. What is community to you? I would say community to me looks like a group of people who really has your best interest in mind. And so that I think first thing comes to mind is like supporting you when you're struggling, but I think also people who can openly root for your success is really important. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, uh, when I saw this, I thought of the book that you told me to read, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, Community, A Structure of Belonging by Peter, Peter Block. Peter Block, yeah. Native Cincinnatian. I know. I think that also might have been introduced to me by Chris LaRue. So, Chris, major mm-hmm. shout out. Shout out, Chris. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, one of his, my favorite quotes uh, throughout the whole book is he's constantly saying, what can we create together? So I think that's kind of what community can be for is uh, people coming together to create something that can be awesome, whether yeah. it be like a church uh, group or the geography club where talking about maps and getting better at that. But I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, just being able to create something with other people can be a very rewarding experience. Yeah, being a part of something bigger. Than yes. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I feel like to me, community is a lot of the just people that you interact with on a regular basis, like mm. the people who you're... Sometimes we make it too complicated. Yeah, don't we? it's yeah. just the people that you spend time with daily or weekly or who you catch up on text and FaceTime with all the time or just the people that, like the support group that you have behind the scenes just going on to help you. Um, they have your best interests at heart and yeah. they're just supportive of everything that you're doing. Yeah, that's great. I think, yeah, we can take those people though for granted sometimes mm-hmm. too. And so I think it still takes that like intentionality to to go deeper, like to go beneath the surface where, where all the good stuff is. Um, okay, so next question, where do you find community? So obviously y'all are a part of Wesley, so my hope is that you find it in some ways at Wesley. Uh, but maybe outside of Wesley or your experience like growing up, um, where did you... Have you found community or where else are you finding community now? For me, I feel like I really find community just by trying new things and being open-minded. Um, so whether that's, you know, going to a new church or talking to someone new outside, like I think that's something that's been huge for me. Um, and so I guess in in sense of like being on campus, I find community going to new club meetings or trying new events on campus. And then also just creating conversation with people in my classes that's something that I think a lot of people pass up on. They just kind of sit in class and then they leave class. But I found that when I stop and really ask people around me how they're doing and get to know them, it can kind of make a community within something that, you know, I have to do anyways. Like I'm going to be in class, so I might as well make a new friend while I'm there. Yeah, kind of like that. And yeah, that intentionality, like you still have to kind of take some steps mm-hmm. to, yeah, to actually make that yeah. meaningful connection. Yeah, growing up, I always played sports so I found a lot of community and with my teammates and with coaches and the other people I played against what was your sport uh, I played football basketball and baseball oh, come Ooh, on wow. all the of them small Everybody. school Bo Jackson right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah just being able to and then it doesn't have to be a sport either it can be like a club or here at UC we even have things called learning communities so it's like a group of 20 or so students that all take the same classes for the first two years or 
first couple semesters of school, and so you feel like you have a friend in your classes, and I think that's another place where you can find community. That's great. Yeah. I feel like one of the ways that I found community is just by um, kind of working and having, holding different jobs throughout like high school and even now um, while I'm at college. So like um, back in high school, I worked at like a car wash and being able to work with all the other high schoolers around us was just a like, great time to hang out and get some good connections. And even now, like um, I work on campus as a tour guide and it's it's a job, but it is also a great community of people who I want to hang out after and like outside of work as well. So I feel like that, along with just being a student and going to classes, that's the way that I've found community. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, final question for you. How has college shaped your view of community? Again, we, we talked about it a little bit, but has being here uh, made it easier, harder, uh, just... How has your understanding, your experience of community evolved since you've been at UC? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I kind of talked about this earlier, but just feeling like going from a small town to a big school is really scary. Um, and I think it I think it made finding community harder, but I think that that was really good for me because I think it can be really healthy to be out of your comfort zone and try new things. And I definitely like have tried a lot of new things since I've been in college. Um, so that's something that I really appreciate. Um, yeah. Sweet. So I didn't realize just how important finding community was until I got to college because you know, I was also from a small town, so I kind of just knew everybody in in the town. So I had a community there, and then like a church, and then a school. But yeah, uh, so going to Wesley, I was able to find a community very early, and I didn't realize how much of a boost that would be for like my self esteem and my just overall like well-being yeah thank you yeah yeah i feel like um for me i came from a high school with over like 2000 students so <laughs> it was definitely kind of just like status quo. A, mul- a multiplier of college yeah. like kind, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of just t- taking it to the next level here at college so i feel like i mean there were times in high school where i'd have like different classes with different people whereas like if you go to a small school it might not be that case but um i feel like I've kind of learned that you just have to be intentional and put yourself out there. Uh, I think like reaching out, making that first step, like, hey, do you want to go to the sporting event? Hey, do you want to go to this club meeting with me? That's really helped me to find community. And that's not something that I really did in high school, um, but it's just something that I learned to do, just being intentional about it and kind of making that first move to kind of build community. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something I thought of too that I forgot to say was just like having more choice in my community. Like I feel like, you know, at my small school, I didn't have a lot of choice and I liked it then but I think now like you really have freedom of who you want to be in community with or creating a new community altogether so I think that's really a cool part of kind of like finding your identity as well Mm. yeah and that can be like freeing but also a little bit scary right yeah 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 that's good thank you guys for sharing um I have a couple uh write-ins uh for for some of these questions um, I think the general question was, what is community to you? And uh, we had a few people um, chime in over over Instagram. So if you, again, if you want to um, respond to our question for next week, uh, hit us up on Instagram. This is, this person wanted to remain anonymous, uh, but it's a student involved with us at Wesley. Uh, they say community means mutual support. It's having people to laugh and cry with, but also to serve and be there for. I found community through trial and error. I was successful when I made a few friends who introduced me to their communities who welcomed and accepted me. 
In my communities, I look for the people who respond when I reach out for help and who respect my boundaries when I'm tired, but also ask for support when they need it. Then we have another um, write-in from Austin who says, finding a solid community was intimidating. Going from a small school in a small town to a big school away from home. Coming into UC, I didn't know anybody on the whole campus. Before finding Wesley, my only community was within my major. And while I love my studio mates in the community around architect architecture, uh, it was refreshing when I found a community that was outside of classes to help me broaden my circle. Another thing for community that really helped was discovering a new hobby of disc golf when I got to college. I've joined the UC Disc Golf Club and found community through that. So thank you, Austin, and our uh, anonymous contributor, uh, for chiming in and uh, responding to our, our question for this week. Again, we'll, we'll pose a, a final question here at the end. Um, and if you want to uh, have your voice heard on the podcast, you're welcome to record something. And I'll, again, figuring out this podcast thing, I'll try to get you your voice <laughs> in, your actual voice. Um, but if you just want to write in, we'd love to share your thoughts um, on the show. So now we're going to transition to our final segment of the week, uh, which is good news. We're trying to highlight good people doing good things. And this week we have our very own Jordana. Jordana, why don't you share a little bit about what you're up to? Yeah, totally. So I am in a group called Bearcats Support Network. Um, and this is a group on campus at UC. And it's a group led by students for students. So our main goal is really just to destigmatize um, mental health and create an open space for people to come and share if they're struggling with something or kind of going with community if they just want to come connect with other people. Um, so we have weekly drop-in sessions. Um, we do about three a week, I think. And yeah, it's a great time for just any student who wants a little bit extra support, wants to meet new people, needs help with something. It's a great time for them to come in and talk to trained students um, to just, you know, find someone, someone else to vent to or to hang out with. So it's a great, it's a great space we're making and I love being part of it. Yeah. Thank you for uh, being a part of that, Jordana. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, if you're a student and uh, just need people to talk with, uh, reach out. Jordana will hook you up with that, with that group. Uh, so our, our uh, podcast episode next week is going to be about uh, exploring our faith or faithful exploration is kind of how we put it for our, our second pillar. Um, so my question, throwing it out there, um, for you college students, uh, how has your faith evolved throughout life, but especially since college? Um, and then if adults are listening, people who are not in college, if kids are listening for some reason, uh, and you want to chime in about how your faith has evolved based on different seasons or, or different experiences, um, we're, we're going to talk all about that next week. And so uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that, um, just yeah, on your experience, on your evolving faith, because we all go through different stages and different experiences when it comes to that. Uh, so reach out to us on Instagram. Uh, you can connect with us at Cincy Wesley on Instagram. Uh, also, I believe that's the same thing for Facebook, Cincy Wesley. Uh, you can check us out, wesleyuc.org. That's also where you can get our amazing coffee. Um, thank you for joining us for this edition of the Wesley Pod. Until next time, this has been the Wesley Pod. Bye, friends.